Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. From Mamma Mia, welcome to the Spill Your Snackable Daily Podcast for your pop culture fix. Hi, I'm Laura Brodnick, Mamma Mia's entertainment editor. And I'm Kiris. I work at Social Squad, Mamma Mia's in-house social media agency. And Laura, I missed you so much yesterday. I missed you too, buddy. But I finally moved into my new apartment, which I know you will be excited about because you'd be my go-to person every time I had a freak out that I'm going to be homeless. This is true. This is true. And you're settled in. You're loving it? Yes. I have this thing. You know how people say that they got ruined for romances by watching rom-coms as a kid? Yeah. I got ruined ruined for apartments because I just assumed that when you become like a lady that you have this amazing apartment so easy to get and because women in rom-coms always had really great apartments so that is my kind of yeah Yeah, sex in the city didn't help either I was like I'm gonna move to New York and live in an amazing apartment and I lived in a matchbox right yeah that is the true lie of romantic comedies on the show today, Victoria and David Beckham have just celebrated their 21st wedding anniversary. So why is their wedding day so iconic all these years later? David is the most wonderful husband and fantastic father, oh, and oh. I'm lucky to have him as my soulmate. And Kelly Rowland has had a successful career that spanned decades. So how did she find herself rich broke? <laughs> But to kick off the show today, in a statement released yesterday, the Nine Network confirmed that One Nation leader Pauline Hanson will no longer be appearing as a regular contributor on the Today Show. So the decision comes after Senator Hanson featured on a panel discussion on Monday's show, during which she referred to residents of public housing towers under lockdown in Melbourne at the moment as drug addicts and alcoholics who can't speak English, saying that residents from war-torn countries know what it's like to be in tough conditions. Laura Brodnick, starting on a bit of a bad note. Well, actually, a happy note because she's yeah. left. <laughs> yes, a happy note because Channel 9 then released a statement yesterday saying they were dropping her as a contributor, which a lot of people, including myself, thought was a bit rich because they have her on the show. Like, yes, she's unfortunately an elected official and so she does have a platform to speak on. And unfortunately, again, she does also, like there are Australians that share her views and have since she made her kind of first very racist maiden speech back in 1996. But that's not why they had her on this panel. She's more of a symptom of the disease of mourning TV shows that we're seeing at the moment of having really unqualified people on panels just for shock value. So they had her on there because they knew that she was going to say racist comments. They knew she was going to say things that would be provocative. And they even put up a video afterwards saying like, what do you think of her controversial comments, which I believe has now been deleted once it escalated. So it's a good news that they've kind of put her to the side. Although a lot of people are saying that it's probably not a long-term thing, which I also tend to agree with. Interesting. Well, I know that Brooke Boney, who is the entertainment editor on the Today Show had some really great thoughts on this topic and here's the audio. I felt completely heartbroken. I grew up in Housing Commission and to me I was thinking about all of those kids sitting at home watching or all of those people trapped in their apartments watching and thinking this is what Australia thinks of us, this is what the rest of our country thinks is that we're alcoholics and drug addicts and that's disgusting and I'm all for free speech and I think that you know people um, 
when they have different perspectives and, and different um, opinions that it, most of the time it does help drive argument forward or, you know, debate forward or policy forward. But when you use it to vilify people or to be deliberately um, mean and, and mean-spirited, it's... That to me is disgusting. Yeah, I was so glad that she came out and said this because I think she's a great example of the types of people that come from that kind of background who grow up there. It doesn't matter. It's just luck of the draw where you land, you know, and it doesn't mean that you're less than. So I was so glad that she came out and said this. And to be honest, like, I feel like it was almost a bit of a setup putting Pauline Hanson on yesterday. Oh, absolutely. And almost being like virtue signaling and like, oh, we're not doing this anymore. But it's like, read the room. You know, she's going to go on there and say certain things about people who are marginalized. And they could have known exactly what was going to happen. And now they've kind of come out to be these like saviors or we're not doing this anymore it just sounds a little bit contrived for me yeah exactly and it's so funny I was thinking before Brooke made those statements yesterday I was thinking of her watching the Pauline audio and that segment when it first came out exactly and I just thought of all the amazing like you know she talked a lot about when um, Netflix and other places were removing content the other day because of um, blackface and racial discrimination and and she gave a really powerful speech about it and she has since I think like on her like second or third day on the Today Show she gave a really powerful piece to camera about the realities that her family was living with in terms of Australia Day and having protests on that day and what it actually meant for her as a person. So she kind of like came into this role as obviously like a really talented, amazing entertainment reporter, but then she's also taken on this kind of social justice side of it as well. And I just wonder what it would have been like for her actually watch on her program, on her the network that she's working for, to have those statements be made. It would be like if you're working any media company and they ran that kind of a piece or, you know, a, a company that you wrote for or anything like that. So, yeah, it was really interesting to see. But like I said, I feel like this is just one small moment because morning TV still have such a big audience, but they still thrive on having these kind of shock jocks come in and say these things. And if you look at that panel, it was that Pauline Hanson was on. It was her and host Alison Langdon and Sarah Lamarquard, who is the editor-in-chief of Stella, I believe. So you've still got three white women talking about so this true. issue, but that is a symptom of morning TV. So I think that's the real issue here. On Saturday, David and Victoria Beckham, or should I say Posh and Bex, they celebrated 21 years of marriage. And to celebrate, they both took to their Instagrams to share these very cute video montages of unseen pics, which included snaps from their infamous wedding that attracted so much media at the time. And we couldn't let this one slide without talking about it. No, exactly. There were little clips in there from their wedding and kind of that time in their life. And David shared the video to his Instagram account. And he said, 23 years ago, I sat in a room with Gary Neville and the Spice Girls were on TV and I turned to him and said, ooh, I like that one, the little black cat suit. Who would have thought all these years later we'd be celebrating? Because they were kind of one of the big couples that were set up through their management. Like he was a football star. He saw her on TV and the Spice Girls. They got their agents to set them up and it actually was one of the few arranged celebrity get-togethers that worked out. And the rest is history. Four kids later, brand Beckham booming, well, somewhat booming. <laughs> well, let's start from the start, right? They got married 4th of July, 1999, in a castle in Ireland. And where do we want to go? What do we want to start I mean, with look, here? this is the kind of the original royal wedding, I would say. So and it's true. one of the most opulent celebrity weddings. I mean, maybe they've been bigger ones. But at the time, it was one of the most expensive. And also one of the celebrity weddings that we had so much access to because they did a whole big, I think it was Hello Magazine, like a 10-page spread. The photos were printed in newspapers. Everyone involved in the wedding gave interviews about the wedding 
wedding. And that's just not something we see nowadays. Like some celebrities do wedding kind of magazine spreads, but I think because like Instagram and social media is so prevalent at the moment, it's become almost the other trend to kind of just release one photo on your Instagram and nothing else. But back in the day, they went all in. So as you said, they were married in a castle. Victoria wore a Vera Wang gown, which had a 20-foot train. And because they were going for this whole we are the royal family kind of thing, she also wore a crown. Of course. But then she and David changed into the matching, have you seen those, the matching purple outfits? They literally look like walking eggplants. (laughs) Well, purple is the colour of royalty, so So I feel like that's what they were going for. So he had the suit, she had the dress, and had all the flowers over it. And one of my favourite photos of them is when they're cutting their cake, which they cut with a sword. And it was like this kind of towering wedding cake that had like fruit and greenery. Yeah, I've got the picture here. Oh my god, how good is it? It's like apples. Talk about this. It's like a tiny cake covered in leaves, but then it has apples on the top of it, which just doesn't seem very cakey to me. Oh, I I know why the cake looks like that. So we'll get to that in a second because the actual theme of the official theme of their wedding was not royalty. But look what's on the top. It's nude sculptures of David and Victoria that they had commissioned of themselves to be placed on top of the cake, kind of like a really indecent Christmas star at the top of that cake. Oh, my God. So (laughs) true. Yeah, you're going to want to zoom in on that later. So the theme of their wedding, though, was not royalty. The reason everything is green and there's apples is the theme of their wedding was Robin Hood. What? I know. You know, like the whole like English myth, like take from the rich, give to the poor, which in this case is a weird kind of... There's a double meaning there. Situation. Also, forgot to mention that, as I said, I do, a single dove was released as a symbol of their love. (laughs) But when they got put the purple outfits on... What happened to that dove? I wonder if he's not giving magazine exclusives all these years later. I wish he did. We need to hear from that dove. Well, they also put Brooklyn. He had an outfit changed to into a purple suit. So it was just like a Teletubby, only purple though, Teletubby family snap at the end of it. I loved it. So their wedding planner, Peregrine Armstrong Jones, gave a really in-depth interview after the day. And she said that they chose the Robin Hood theme for their big day to kind of reflect their beliefs, which again, the whole stealing from the rich to give to the poor is not a thing. I'm not sure. Or if they confused Robin Hood with a different yeah. story. So that's something for someone in the world to follow up at some point. So they chose like a kind of leafy green theme to be incorporated all through the decor of the wedding. And that's why Victoria is carrying that big, the bouquet kind of looked like a, not a bush, but it was a green and lots of leaves because it's meant to look like she was in Robin Hood. This is so weird. <laughs> with her ball gown and crown. It seemed better without the explanation. Now I have the explanation. I'm, I'm like, sorry. It, they missed the market. Anyway, continue. Sorry. And they also sat on, they had custom made thrones oh, yes. made. And so all their wedding photos is them sitting like up on these thrones, up on this big platform. And there's all these photos of like celebrity guests. They had obviously all the Spice Girls there. They had like, you know, Elton John and pretty much everyone who's famous in England was there. And they're all kind of going up and like almost paying their respects to like the couple who were sitting up on thrones and cutting their cake with a sword. They actually had a flag, like a family crest made too. Oh, which, that I'm kind of into. Yeah. I like a, a little bit of family crest. Of yeah. course, they Beckhams have a family crest. So it had VBD standing for Victoria, Brooklyn and Dave. And it was released above the castle at midnight when a show of fireworks went out. Hopefully the dove was out of the way. Hopefully (laughs) the dove was in a tree watching along. Well, I love that little, you always have these good tidbits behind the scenes. (laughs) I just love their Robin Hood wedding. So good. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. 
to link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts. Open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. No one will believe this is actually be the first time I talk about it, but where I almost lost everything because I was so busy trying to keep up. You know what I mean? Whether it was the look, whether it was the wardrobe, whether it was the car, whether it was the place, whether it was the, you know what I mean? All that silliness. You were rich broke. Rich broke. Rich broke. So that was the voice coach and singer Kelly Rowland who revealed in an interview with her pastor this week that while she made millions during her stint in Destiny's Child and for her following successful solo career, she really struggled to keep up financially and revealed that she was rich broke and almost lost everything. I am obsessed with this term rich broke. I know because I think it's such a prevalent term for like you hear so many celebrities talk about the fact that even though you know they get one big paycheck from a movie or in her case an album or a TV TV show, the money can come at different times and royalties come at different times. But also just because you're rich, like there would be several tiers of rich. So she's trying to keep up with, say, Beyonce and Jay-Z, even if she's buying a first class ticket, but they're flying their private jets, she's going to feel like the poor friend. So she's obviously trying to keep up with them and it drained her bank account. And she said this was the first time that she ever felt okay to talk about it because she was really just trying to keep up with the cars that they had and the wardrobe that they had. It ended up being in a really bad financial place. Yeah, I feel bad for it. I mean, not that bad because she's now worth an estimated 17 million Australian Mm. and having sold over 30 million records as a solo artist and another 60 million with Destiny's Child. So she managed to claw her way back. Yeah, And when she says rich broke, I don't think it was ever that she was like, oh my God, how am I going to pay my house payment this week or anything? She was just probably just looking at her bank account and seeing it dwindle and having her friends be like, let's go rent an island for the weekend and her thinking, oh, it's going to put a dent in my budget. I think that's what rich broke means. Yeah, but I also think it's almost relatable in a, I don't want to say poor sense in, yeah, in reference to us, <laughs> yeah. but like I too get this feeling and I I refer to them as stitch-up dinners oh or a stitch-up lunch. <laughs> yeah. When you go out with your friends who are a bit richer than mm. you are and um, they're all ordering cocktails and you're like, oh, I'm trying to, you know, save money and be good and I'm just going to drink, you know, a mixer or a wine and then you get to the end and it's like, oh, we'll just split it evenly, right? And I'm yeah, like, right. but I only had like three wines and you guys had 700 million cocktails. Oh. So I always leave being like, damn it, I should have just drunk the cocktails and pretended that I was rich, rich for mm. that period of time instead of just like poor rich. Yeah, exactly. It's trying to keep stitch-up dinners. I love that. Kelly Rowland really relate to that I know it's that same thing of when you're yeah you're trying to keep up with your friendship group even if you're like just on our level or up on Kelly Rowland's level I think it's still like you're saying the same thing or like when your friends will be like oh we got such and such a present like it's only 150 each or we booked this place for the weekend we ended up getting the nicer spot it's now 650 each and you're just like oh okay I don't want to be the awkward one to say I can't afford that so I'll just live beyond my means and I don't know about you but moving to Sydney is the first time I've actually known actual rich people and gone out with rich people and had friends who and you can just see the difference in like how they talk and how they act and how they spend that they've never had to like really think about money before so I wonder if that's a thing if you all of a sudden become on a much higher level if you become like Kelly Rowland all of a sudden everyone you know has 
us money, it would just change the way that you completely live your life. Well, I think that's how you distinguish between old money and new money. Yes. Because old money new don't money. flaunt it, right? Yes. So um, Charlie, my partner Charlie, always talks about the richest man in the world. Oh, I feel bad. I don't listen, obviously, when he talks to me oh, about Charlie. this stuff. But that he gets McDonald's every day in the morning because he gets like a bacon and egg McMuffin and a coffee because it's the best deal, you know? Right. And he's he's a rich guy and he just doesn't want to spend money on luxurious stuff. But there's what I call new money, yeah. which are very flashy. They like to invest in flashy things, you know, material things. And that's when I think you really distinguish. I like to call myself getting their money, you know? Getting their money. I'm getting there. Yeah, definitely not. I always think of new, when I hear the word term new money, I think that that's what Mindy Kaling's got as her Instagram bio. Does she? She's obviously grew up really poor. And every time now she buys herself stuff, she's like, hashtag new money, not ashamed. (laughs) Oh, well, poor Kelly Rowland. I'm glad to see she's got her finances together. And maybe next time we should channel her and we're going to a stitch up dinner. I'm going to start using that term. Yes, please do. Trademark Kiris. Thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. It wouldn't be The Spill if I didn't get a plug-in for our Facebook group. I know there are many of you out there still listening who haven't joined, so I want you to go to Facebook, search for The Spill Podcast, and come and join. We talk about all celebrity and pop culture fun stuff, and it's just a really good supportive group. This episode of The Spill was produced by Rachel Hart. We'll see you on mamamia.com.au. Bye. Bye. Bye.